0: Um, but, um, it is definitely good to be with you. And, um, I get to start off our Christmas series and, um, I'm excited to do so. Um, so, um, go ahead and switch to my screen. Um, what I want you to do is that all the verses are on version. If you do not have the version app, we use it every Sunday. You literally just go to events, check on there, find Cedars Church. All the verses are already there for you, except for the one I told you to turn to. So Malachi chapter four, and I want you to see that. And so, um, we are uh, uh, going to be in a four-week part uh, that we're going to be doing called The Way in a Manger. Yes, it is a play on words on the song, A Way in a Manger, right? That is what it is. It is a play on the words. But uh, when God laid this on my heart, it's more than a play on words. It is truth that God's way came to a manger, And we're going to unpack that for the next four weeks, and we're going to be looking at what that means, that Jesus calls himself the way, I'll get to that in a little bit, but this idea of why he would come to a manger. So I get to set this up, and then next week we're actually going to look at the actual incarnation next week, but I just want you to know that we get to kind of unpack this. So for those of you who have found Malachi chapter 4, I want you to jump down to verses 5 and 6. Again, if you have your paper Bibles, that's awesome. If you have your app, that's great. I'm going to read this to you. Please read along. Now, the reason why this becomes important is what's about to happen as soon as we get to the last word. Here we go. Verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So verse 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah. Now I need you to understand from that last word, which is destruction, there is 400 years of silence. Meaning from the book of Malachi, so if you're in your Bibles from the book of Malachi to Matthew Matthew chapter 1 or John chapter 1 or Luke chapter 1 or Mark chapter 1 400 years of silence let me just give you perspective Jamestown which was the 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 first official colony for those who came from the pilgrims was established in 1607 that's 400 over 100 years from now think about that 1607 got to wait a few hundred years before they get to 1776 where we have right we come independent right day of independence right Think about that, 1,600, 1,700, 1,800, 1,900 to eight, right? Now we're, here we are. Think about that. Wow. 400 years where people are going, God, are you going to say anything? But he says, I will send you a prophet Elijah. Now, for those of you that, are on the app. You can look to now Luke chapter 1, verses 76 through 80. The story is that um, you have to understand they've been waiting for the Messiah 400 years. God has not spoken through a prophet. They've just kind of been doing what they've been doing. And what they've been doing is just kind of keeping the traditions alive. One of those traditions was the temple. A guy named Zechariah actually wins the lottery By the way, it was a big deal that once a year someone got to go into the Holy of Holies. By the way, you could be a priest your whole life and never go into the Holy of Holies because each of the clans would rotate, and then when the clans would come on to you, then you were drawn, and if you were drawn, you got to go in. He gets drawn, he goes in, and then from that is told, he will have a son. He is made mute because he doesn't believe it. I love that story, that he's in the Holy of Holies and an angel appears to him, and yet he doesn't believe what the angel says. Hmm. Anyway, so he is given the name John. When he's able to speak, John is born. He makes this incredible statement. For time, I want to jump down to verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. Remember it said, I will send you one like Elijah. Or I will send Elijah before I come. John is here. Verse 77, to give, um, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of, the, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. Where the sunrise shall visit us from on high. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Jesus is being talked about here. You, prophet, are going to bring about the one who will come. And when he comes, he is going to bring the way of peace. And then verse 80. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. 400 years they've been waiting, and John all of a sudden shows up, dressed in camel's hair, eating locusts, standing by a river, telling people to repent. Then what happens is, I want to see Matthew 3, 3. Look at this, Matthew 3, 3. For this, he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare, what? What? The way of the Lord make his paths straight. So Matthew quotes Isaiah and says, There'll be one that comes and will be a voice in the wilderness. John goes out into the wilderness by the Jordan and begins to proclaim to prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. Meaning the people that had come, he would go, look, you got to make your path straight. you got to get right, go in the right direction because the way is coming. And then we get to it. John chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. So they said to him, who are you? We need even to give an account to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? They're speaking to John. Now, what's interesting is, is that when they asked him this question, he said, I am the voice, this is verse 23, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. He goes, look, I am one who is out in the wilderness, making straight the way of the Of the Lord. So, what we have when we get to the Christmas story is it's not just the birth of Jesus, it's the birth of John. Six months ahead of Jesus, because there would be the one that would be the prophet that would tell of the one that would come. So, two babies become significant. By the way, each of them a miracle. John's mother, Elizabeth, was barren never was able to have child in her old age she has john by the way in the story when mary who has jesus and is conceived comes to meet with elizabeth and it says that the baby in elizabeth's womb leaped so what we have here is 400 years of silence and then one comes to make straight the way of the one that was going to ultimately be the one that would change everything john chapter 1 29 through 31 the next day so they came to him and asked him who are you And he goes i'm the one crying out in the wilderness making straight the way of the one that's going to come because they asked him are you the prophet are you no i'm not i'm just the one preparing the way The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's an incredible statement. The Lamb of God, by the way, is connecting Jesus to the Passover Lamb of what happened when the people escaped Egypt, when the blood was over the doorpost. Because he would be the sacrifice, the blood that would be over us. So John just makes it clear. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Verse 30, watch this. This is he whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. Now, by the way, that is a mental, that's a mental puzzle. Let me read to you again, just so you get it. This is he whom I said, after me, he was born three months after John, comes a man who ranks before me, Jesus is more important, Because he was before me. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God and was with God. And he created all things. Literally you get in this one verse an incredible statement of who Jesus is. Yes, he comes after me. But he ranks above me because he was before me. I'm not here without him. This is whom I said. Verse 21, I myself did not know him. Watch this. I myself did not know him. There is no belief that John or Jesus see each other. Because remember, Mary goes back before John is born. There's no belief that these two see each other. It says, I myself do not know him, but for this purpose I came, baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. So we're in the Christmas story. The way in a manger. That's what we're going to sit on. John says, I came to talk about him. I was born to talk about him. I had a special birth to talk about him. By the way, he says the words, whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. John fully knows his place. John fully knows his significance and knows, by the way, that he has a season that he will diminish because Christ will increase. It's all in Scripture. But John has a purpose, and it is to let Jesus be revealed to Israel. John 14, 1 through 6. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, but also in me. These are the words of Jesus. So in the book of John, we get this this time when Jesus, by the way, is now towards the end of his ministry. And he's talking to those he loves, and he says, This let not your hearts be troubled. Now here's what's interesting He's just given them horrible news. Do you know what the news he just gave them? I'm going to the cross. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would, have told you that, uh, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. Now, what's interesting about this whole thing is this is all what we call wedding imagery. Um, by the way, the whole book of Revelation is mainly wedding imagery. So um, those who have done premarital counseling with me will tell you that I am a fan of arranged marriages. I totally am. By the way, some of you are like, what, are you kidding me? Let me tell you why arranged marriages were meant to be important and significant. We, we, we need to understand this, this idea of romantic love. All of us have been married. Yeah, that's great and awesome. But romantic love doesn't always get you through the hardest times, It's a commitment. So, what would happen in an arranged marriage is this. A mother and father would look at a, let's say they had a daughter, would look at a family who had a son, and they would watch the family and see what the character of the family was. Who were they? What were they about? How did they raise this son? You're going, Jeff, how did this happen? When you have a village of only like 120 people, this is not difficult. By the way, when you also have a village of 120 people, your options are pretty small. Does that make sense? There's only going to be a few kids of marrying age when your daughter gets to marrying age. Does that make sense? So who's out there? You go, well, there's like five kids. Who's the best one? The butcher's kid. Let's watch the butcher's family. And so in doing so, what was more important is, and by the way, if you want to know what happens, so they would say, okay, we have chosen your families. We believe our families are going to come together, and we're going to have a beautiful story. And so in that, they would have this time, and it was called, by the way, the, the time of, of engagement. They would break the glass. That's the ceremony where they would break the glass. And then, the, by the way, listen, the son's job was to go and build an addition onto his father's house for the girl to come in so here's what's interesting as soon as that was done then they could go have the wedding now I know a lot of young men they would take two by fours like they build a tree house lean it up against the call it good but the father goes no 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 no. you're building on to what my house and what you build is saying something about me So, you're going to build a proper structure for her. So, by the way, she would watch. What is he building? Oh, look at that addition. Oh, he's putting in really nice wood. Look at, oh, that's awesome. And, by the way, the son would go, I'm done. And the father would walk in and go, "Mm, no, keep going. And the son would keep going and keep going and keep going. And finally, the father would say, you're done. Go get your bride. So, let's go back. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. Do you understand? Listen to me. That the groom is preparing a place for you that is worthy of his father's house to take you to be his bride. It's a beautiful picture. And in doing so, by the way, this is the fun part. Our weddings now are all about the bride, the dress, and everything else. In the culture, of the Jewish culture, this is what would happen. They would come together. They would have the ceremony. It would be literally maybe like 30 minutes. And then the, the, the bride and groom would go away. And then the family would have a week-long party. Because it was not about the bride and groom. It was about the two families coming together. They were just the fodder. Does that make sense? they were the reason. And so what's happened is, is that I would tell my couples, look, I'm just telling you, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, are you the best choice of who may be the best for you? Or maybe the people that have watched you grow for the last 18, 19, 20 years should maybe have a say in it. Just a thought, think that through, have your own comments about it later. (laughs) But in my father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, I would have told you uh, that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that there I am, you may be also. The bridegroom is coming back. And he's preparing a beautiful place. And he's waiting for the father to say, Go get your bride. This is, folks, this is where we're at. We are engaged to the groom, we know our future. We know we're going to heaven. We were chosen by God to be a part of his family. His son is preparing a place for us. And when father says go, he's coming back to get his church. Someone say amen. And if I go a prayer place for you, I will come again and will take you by myself. And where I am, you may be also. Watch this. And you know the way, where I, way to where I'm going. I love this. Thomas because I know we have the doubting Thomas, but Thomas actually asks a pretty good question here. Good job, Thomas. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And at this moment, Jesus drops one of the biggest bombs that will ever be dropped. Jesus said to him, I am the way. And the truth. And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he says to them, you guys know the way. And Thomas goes, because he's thinking, wait a minute, is there a path? Is there a freeway? Like, what is it? And Jesus looks at him and goes, no. I'm the way. It's this, it's this understanding misunderstanding that the apostles have and i think that we have too the apostles are waiting for something like something spectacular like what's this and what's the next move and what's this and he goes no 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 no. i'm here i'm it it's going to be through me there's no other option except through me John came to speak about me coming. I came to make it so that you would have a way. So let's clarify this a bit more. Jesus said, I am the way, which means all of us should want to run towards Jesus because he is the access. How many of you have been lost and it was fun? There's times when, by the way, you want to get lost. Does that make sense? I get it. You're like, I don't want to be anywhere. I'll just go get lost. But when you don't want to be lost, has it ever been that fun? And you're just wanting to go, can someone please just tell me what? what's What's the way? How do I get to where I'm supposed to go? I remember when I was in high school, we went to one of those mazes, those corn mazes. And it was fun for the first 30 minutes. Then it wasn't fun. Because I knew something. I knew that at the end of the corn maze was going to be this incredible meal at the end of this corn maze. Because we was a party gathering. Does that make sense? And then this is what I knew. I knew that certain food was going to be there. And I also knew that the pretty people who got there first were going to get the food that I wanted. Does that make sense? And if I didn't get out of this, I was going to get left with what is at the end of a, end of a uh, you ever been at the end of a potluck going, oh, really? This is what's left? I should have got here already. You know, remember? Have you ever been that person who's gracious and lets people go in front of you and then you watch them take the last taco that you were really excited for? And so I'm in this maze, and I'm just trying to get out. Not because I want to get out of the maze. It's because I want to get out to be the first in line to get what I want in the food. Does that make sense? I want to get the way. And Jesus is coming along saying, listen, I am the way. And everything else you're going to try to find that you think is going to be the way is going to lead you the wrong path. By the way, wide is the road that leads to destruction, narrow is the road that leads to life. Amen? But we try to find it through... Again, maybe achievement. We try to find to do things that we do. And he goes, no, those are not the way. We try to do it by being a good person. That's not the way. Oh, we try to be by being gracious. That's not the way. The way is him. So let's show it this way. (laughs) John 10, 9. I am the door. That, that, That just makes it as simple as we can take it. He's the way. More importantly, he's the what? I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, by me, he'll be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. He's the door. And folks, we got to quit playing the game that says there's other ways. There's not. It's just him. It's just him. He goes, I'm the door. You want in? You got to go through me. If you want in, you have to come to this place, because here's the reality. It's not that just we come up to Jesus. It's what happens. Listen, it's what happens when we when, when we go through. I come and I stand on this side of the door, wretched and putrid in rags. And I open the door, and as I step through the threshold of Jesus, I walk on the other side, clean and washed and holy. It's this it's this weird thing. I remember when I saw Cinderella. you guys remember Cinderella, right? Remember she was on her hands and knees scrubbing. She was in basically what they call a worker's dress. And then the fairy godmothers go, bada, bada, bing, whatever that thing is they're supposed to do. I don't know. Girls would tell me that. I don't know. I just know that it was a thing, and stuff happened, right? And all of a sudden, right? All of a sudden, gown. How many of you guys, uh, my son goes to Fremont Christian School. Um, By the way, if you ever get a chance, uh, Daryl Guzman, who's just an amazing uh, person, always puts on an incredible program. They did Cinderella. And in that, they had this dress. It was amazing. As she spun, this worker dress, as she spun, transformed into a gown. It was amazing on stage. It, it, whoever created that gown it was awesome because it just looked like workers clothes and as she spun it just right and the girl then flicked her hair and her hair i don't know how she did her hair flew out and it was awesome <laughs> but god says in a twinkling of an eye i will be transformed because i walked through the door of jesus because Jesus goes, I'm the way. I'm the way. So in Luke two, twenty five through thirty two. Now there was a man in Jerusalem. And we need to understand what has happened. You're going, Jeff, you skipped all the good parts. You didn't tell me about the shepherds. You didn't tell me about the angels. You didn't tell me about the inn. You didn't tell me about the manger. You didn't tell me about... Nope. We got three more weeks. (laughs) Folks, sometimes you have to understand, we got to spread these things out. Well, what has happened is Jesus is born and he's being taken to Jerusalem, by the way, to do what is accustomed to the firstborn son. And as they're in the temple, and by the way, this is going to get important in a minute, as they're in the temple, again, a guy named Simeon. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem, his name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Can you imagine? Every year. Not yet. Next year. Not yet. Not yet. Simeon's like, just get here. And he came in the spirit. The spirit goes, time to go to the temple. So he gets up and he goes to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now, You are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. This is what he's saying. I finally get to die. Listen. In peace. I get to die in peace because God, you're faithful. Because you've sent your way. Lord now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your what salvation my eyes have seen the way let me just tell you why this is important where are they standing at this moment where the temple the temple was not salvation the law was not salvation The sacrifices were not salvation. The Old Testament, the Pentateuch, the prophets were not salvation. Do you know what was salvation? The baby he's holding in his arms. He's holding this kid, and he goes, This is salvation. Because this is the way. It will be to him and through him that all mankind... And by the way, you know what I love about Simeon? He brings us into the story. Look what happens. That you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. That you've prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. Amen for us. This is our access in, folks. And for, and for glory to your people Israel, that God has finally fulfilled his promise that through their bloodline would come one that would save all mankind. Simeon, I, I'm sorry, this is what your pastor does. I read scripture and I go, I wonder. As he handbags the baby, is he just like in his brain going like, how much longer do I have? Do I have like 10 steps? Do I get to my bed tonight, right? Like, now I get to department and peace. Like, he's kind of going, okay, cool that it's here, but can you imagine that? Like, how long? We don't know. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 19 through 20. Hebrews 10, 19 through 20. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, listen, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, because here's the deal, I come up and I am transformed. Now I was in with rags, and I was filthy, and I was dirty, and I was in my sin. But through the blood of Jesus, I come on the other side, and I am white and washed and cleansed and can come into the presence of God. Do you see what happens? And the only way I did that was through the way that was through Jesus, through the door that I walked through called him, and the acceptance of him who came as a baby in a manger. Watch this. By the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. By the new and what? Living way. By the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. His death on the cross made it possible because of my acceptance to come to the door and knock. And he opens the door and when I walk through, it is a new and living way. The coming of Jesus opens the way. The path. He is the door. His blood makes it possible. We, when we come to Christmas, look down at a child and say, that's the way. That's the path. John called it the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So we come this Christmas to the way in a manger and may you be one that stops trying to find all these different ways to get into heaven and come to the one person who says, I'm the only door you're ever going to find. Stand in the door and knock and I will open and you'll come in and have presence with me. So, this Christmas, may we for. Um, for the purpose of what we are going to do for the next four weeks, may we say yes to the way in the manger. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you um, are a God who has made a way where there was no way. We're gonna sing about that in just a minute. You made a way where there was no way and the reality is, God, you are the way. So Father, would you help us to step up to this door and knock? Father, you have come. Father, you have made it possible for us to have access to you. And you have opened the door wide. your son, Jesus Christ, for he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And Father, I have no other option to get to you but through him. In Jesus' name.